that. Yeah? Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of groovy. That's kind of fun. It's I don't know, I kind of like it. It took me a while. I I I just sat down with a guitar and I was like, what can I do? What's an intro sound like? Yeah, yeah, like I don't know, like I it took me a while to kind of figure it out, but all right, well, I'm going to get right into it. Uh, hello and welcome to episode five of Musician Stories. My name is Chris Mitchell, and I'm the lead guitar player for Four Times Ladder. Today, we have a member of Coastal Spaces here with us, Morgan Tift. Hello. Tell me about yourself, just a little bit. Uh, I'm a multi-instrumentalist, been playing music for many years. Um, not much else. <laughs> when did you start playing? Uh, probably when I was four or five. Okay. And you're currently going to school, right? Yep. Awesome. Yeah. I go to Western Washington University out in Bellingham, Washington. Bellingham, Washington. So, uh, I'm located in Ohio where we do this. Uh, how often do you travel back and forth? Um, over the past four years I've been in Washington, basically just anytime that's not summer or winter uh well i'm back for like two or three weeks in the winter but i'm here majority in the summer that's fair yeah but how long of a commute is it from here to washington (laughs) it's so long um (laughs) do you fly or drive i drive well in in on winter break i fly but i take my car out there so it's like three or four days i've done it in three it's easier to do it in four it's about 12 hours a day of driving okay um, but when we do it in three, like we're doing it in three this year, just because of timing and whatnot. So like the first day will be 14 hours. Second day will be, I think 16 and a half right now, which is just absurd. That is nice. And then the third day shorter because we're front loading it. Okay. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get there one way or another. Yeah. It'll be oh. challenging this time. I'm bringing my whole studio or I'm trying to. So what does that entail? <laughs> Everything. Um, just all the mics, all the rack gear, computers and stuff, and monitors and wires, snakes, everything. Jeez. So for people who don't know, you know, we were kind of alluding into it that you have a lot of projects starting. Uh, talk, talk to me about that. Yeah. So the main one right now is Coastal Spaces, who I have with uh, James Grow. And it's basically like, it's a more chill, more vibey kind of, uh, kind of rock maybe more contemporary. We're not sure where it's going yet, but we just recorded a seven song EP and that'll be probably out by the time this comes out, uh, maybe in winter time. Cool. Yeah. I just have to go through and mix and master it all, but I want to really focus in on it. Fair. And you also use studio one or have you ventured over to pro tools? I'm using uh, studio one for editing okay. and, uh, just, running through the uh, tracks, taking out any bad spots, moving around stuff, and then I'm using Pro Tools for FX and general mixes and mix downs and whatnot. Cool. All right, well, I want to take it back, like, all the way to the beginning. I'm curious, because I've known you for a while, and I've seen you play music, and you're pretty, pretty fucking good. Oh, and well, um, <laughs> it's a pleasure to watch you play. You're definitely a performer. But I'm curious, you know, what was your upbringing? Uh, who kind of got you into music, and how did how did that whole start? Yeah, so it wasn't necessarily my decision. Okay. <laughs> uh, it was more my mom's decision. She went to school for piano. So, yeah, I grew up, she had me listening to, like, baby Mozart and stuff. Really? But when I was five, uh, I started doing taking piano lessons, and it started getting pretty intense. There were uh, 
a good amount of lessons a week and started becoming somewhat of a child prodigy or something. And I started going to all the piano competitions around in like Cincinnati. Really? And that eventually led me to playing uh, Carnegie Hall when I was 10 or 11. Wow. So that was cool. But it was real stressful. Obviously, I didn't, I wasn't really into it just because I had a, <laughs> I had a, a great Russian teacher, but she was, uh, she was strict. She, <laughs> she knew what she was else. doing, and I was a uh, kid who just didn't want to do that. Uh-huh. So uh, I stopped doing that, and then I just basically didn't touch an instrument until maybe sophomore year of high school. Huh. And, and that's where you... I started getting back into guitar. Okay. And by back into, I mean for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, because you did piano. Um, Carnegie Hall, wow. Talk to me about that. How Was that a competition? No, it was... Or like a recital? It was... Uh, like the finals of a competition. I'm not sure how it all went down just because it was young and I have no idea how that happened. (laughs) But basically all the finalists and the runners up uh, played Carnegie Hall. So there must have been maybe 20 of us. My sister played two. Oh, really? Yeah, and we each played two pieces. I can't remember. I played uh, Symphony in G minor, I think, and then some other... (laughs) <laughs> some other fun song i think because yeah. that one's a lot more serious fair um so then you said sophomore year of high school you got into the guitar what was your first guitar uh my first guitar well actually i got it as a kid it's just an acoustic guitar my grandparents got me i really didn't do much with it uh <laughs> i destroyed it at some point <laughs> i was <laughs> just gonna for ask fun. do you still have it or yeah definitely not i have no, no. idea where that thing ended up um but then when I was in high school, or maybe middle school, I think eighth grade or so, my dad got me a Fender Squire Strat, and it was uh, gray, it had a good, like, it had a cool, like, sparkle finish on it. It was mm. cool. Uh, just HSS setup. It was cool, but I didn't touch it for a long time, and I got it with a, <laughs> a Line 6 Spider, somewhat of a, a combo amp. <laughs> yeah, no, fair. But before that, when I was in probably fifth grade or so, my neighbor gave me his bass guitar. Uh, so that was the te- first technical electric guitar I got, okay. and that was a Fender P bass uh, Squire. And he gave me it with this little Rambler 30-watt <laughs> amp, and that was cool. That's cool. But I still have those two for sure. Nice. Yeah, the bass is still like it was. The guitars had some <laughs> extreme modifications. There's a period of time where it was uh, painted like Eddie Van Halen's Frankenstrat. Oh, was that the one? I remember no, seeing that years ago. That body was... Uh, I, I know you saw the body uh, yeah. that I tried to do it on. I just bought a cheap body, but it, okay. it wouldn't hold a string oh, really? <laughs> to save its life. Yeah, it immediately cut through the wood. But I did have that one as my first attempt at it. But when you've seen it, it's been gray with a black stripe on it. And okay. I've done random tricks. Like, I've put smoke bombs in it. I was going to say, is that the one fogged. you did for Roll On? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's still around. It has, it has uh, just one Seymour Duncan in it, uh, just on the bridge. Cool. And tell people what Roll On is for those who don't know. So uh, after I graduated high school, I decided uh, it was the middle of the pandemic, and I was bored. I didn't know what to do. And my band from high school, we finished last, broke up. So I decided, 
well, what can it take for me to just record something? So basically what I did is I sold my car and then took half the money, invested it so my parents would think I'm smart, <laughs> and then used the other half the money to just, I got Jake to just, I told him, here's how much I have. Tell me everything I need to just start and show me how to do it. <laughs> yeah. So he did. And then that was just my first attempt at recording and mixing something. Um, so there's, I think, there was 11 original tracks on there. And then one cover of a track that my great uncle had in the 70s. But I took one track off when I remastered it. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah, I, I did not like that song. Oh. It was never going to turn out well. Gotcha. Um yeah, there's some cool ones on there. There's a sea shanty on there, isn't there? Yeah, the jet ski sea shanty. <laughs> <laughs> that one is people's favorites. Oh, yeah, yeah that's a good one. For on sure. There. People <laughs> seem to like that one. That's awesome. Um, so other than being uh, classically trained, well, first of all, you mentioned Baby Mozart. Yeah. Explain what Baby Mozart is. <laughs> uh, baby Mozart's just uh, something that was around in the mid-2000s, early 2000s, I guess, because I would have been a baby. So yeah, maybe jokes. like 2000. <laughs> uh, but it, I think it's still around. It's just basically a CD that you use to just calm down a baby, and it's all just Mozart music. Huh. Is it like, um, uh, I can't think of what that's called. You know those little things they crank? Oh, no, it's like a CD, oh. like an actual CD. And it's more of just the calm. Does it sound like that? Or is it actual Mozart? Is it like piano or... I think it was like piano, more like symphony, like orchestra. Oh, okay. But nothing, none of the crazy it. Mozart stuff, just like calming. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't listened to it since. I just remembered that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I'm just gonna have to buy it. Um, yeah. So how did you teach, or how were you taught guitar? Were you self-taught? Was that something that after learning the piano, you just kind of picked it up and you were like, "This, I can kind of see the similarities," or? It didn't really transfer over from the piano. So the issues I had, which is why I didn't really play it, it took me a while to just get into it, is because piano, left to right, you're going low notes to high notes. Right. Well, if you have a guitar, you'd think, well, then left to right, left hand, it's going low notes on the bottom to high notes on the top. That's not really how it's going. You're going low strings on the bottom, high strings on top. So it like, confused me. You had to go the complete opposite route. Okay. But I have... Uh, I have a cousin, her husband's name is Tex, and he's just this absolutely absurd chicken-picking bluegrass guitarist, banjoist, cool. uh, literally the best instrumentalist you'll ever hear in your life. He's crazy, but he got me into it, and he told my dad which guitar to get me, so that's that's how I get that. And then he, he showed me a couple things. Um, he obviously tried to show me some bluegrass licks, but yeah. I was obviously more interested in rock and stuff. So he, he knew some of that. So he showed me, but, uh, I went and tried to take lessons. Okay. I really despised the guitar teacher. So then really? stopped for a while, then took another year and then tried again. And I liked this guy and he basically just taught me the basics. He was just like fresh out of college, just kind of a chill dude. He had a motorcycle. He was sweet. Um, he just taught me the basics, taught me how to do general picking and stuff. And then at some point I just decided, well, there's not a whole lot more he can teach me that I can't learn on my own. So yeah. after learning just to read tabs and stuff, I was like, all right, I'll just go off of that. Yeah, and everything else from then has been self-taught. So like 
it's like the pinch harmonics and alternate picking and hybrid picking, economy picking, all that, sure. just learning all that. Oh, that's cool. So you kind of alluded to it because you were thinking you're going more into the rock stuff. Uh, but what were some of your biggest influences? Like when you started learning, what kind of stuff did you want to learn? Well, starting out uh, as a kid, my first introduction to rock music, even though they're more contemporary, but really was the Beach Boys. My dad and my brother just loved them. So, of course, I grew to love them. And Brian Wilson still today is just an amazing inspiration for me. Uh, I don't think I would ever try to write my own music or be inspired as much. I literally have a Brian Wilson tattoo. Like, everything in my life is musically based around him. But what made me start playing guitar is Eddie Van Halen. I mean, listening to Eruption for the first time, and yeah, rest in peace. I didn't pick up a guitar for a good four months after he passed away. Really? I just didn't want to. I had no interest. So that's when I started writing stuff on the piano. Um, But I just... I was like, I don't want to touch that guitar. I don't want to touch any guitar. Yeah. It's just, there's no point, because I was doing it just basically off the inspiration and the kind of presence of him. But, yeah, just Van Halen. Uh, I liked a lot of that stuff. Obviously, I couldn't play it very well <laughs> starting off, but generally got there just through learning you know, 70s, 80s rock, some 90s stuff. Um and then what really got me into it was learning some Green Day stuff. Okay. And I just, it was super easy. And that's what led to We Finished Last eventually. Yeah. Yeah, true. Uh, I'm curious. So was We Finished Last your first rock band? <laughs> Technically, no. Um, my first rock band, well, I'm going to ignore the first one, actually, because okay. the first one was elementary school, oh, okay. and it was called <laughs> The Skeletons, but it was spelled wrong, Oh, and I it was three of us, and no one knew how to play anything. <laughs> it was really bad. Hey, everybody's got to start somewhere, though. <laughs> it was embarrassing. I had a birthday party, and oh. we did one half song, and then we just stopped. <laughs> we were like, okay, we didn't, this isn't going anywhere. Um... But then I joined up with uh, Delson. It was uh, the Super Satellites in a very early rendition. And they just had me on. Me and James, actually, we're huh. in a weird roundabout way. But that was in uh, freshman year of high school. And, and we James played is a the game. one that you're going to do uh, the new... Coastal Spaces. Coastal Spaces, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's extremely talented. But yeah, yeah. we did a one-off gig with them. Um, and it was me, Delson, Garrett, uh, Nick Edgar. <laughs> I don't know if you ever met him. I don't think so. Um, and then James and me. And that was fun. It was just 60s and 70s, 80s rock. And I was just playing the bare minimum rhythm guitar. Uh, but it, it had some weird scheduling attempts and there was not a lot of communication so james and i both left um and then i didn't do anything for a little while and then i just started hanging out with greg uh pace and i went over to his house one time and he's like well you know let's play some music see what happens so we did uh and then just played some general like green day i don't remember if we played any more than that but generally green day and then that led to a in quotes audition because they had been a band for a period of time before that just with different people they had 
I don't even remember who was in it. But I joined eventually with Andosh, Greg, Jake, and me. Right. And then started doing shows. And we started off basically as a Green Day cover band, which is really? basically all we did in the beginning. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we thought about going farther with that, but then huh. we started doing our own What kind own of Green music. Day songs did you do? How long were the sets even? an hour hour and a half or shorter it it was all over the place okay so like our first set was probably an hour long and it was in andosh's basement and it was saint patty's day (laughs) and it was an absolute wreck but it was such a fun time um my mom was excited that i was getting back into music so she offered you know hey if you guys do a like a an x amount of lawn care for me i'll get you guys a pa set up so she did and then bought us like a cheap pa and i had this wireless mic for some reason like this <laughs> nice audio technica wireless mic with a receiver and stuff so we used that with greg's brother's like raven guitar amp as a vocal speaker <laughs> oh, wow. and it was just it was so fun there's there is pictures of that and we all look just so young <laughs> but that was a good time yeah, definitely send me some of those pictures. I'm I'm eager to see that. Yeah, I will. I, I think I know where they are. Let's <laughs> see. <laughs> I didn't know you were involved with something like that before all this. So that's interesting to hear. Yeah, that's Neat. cool. Um, so what was your favorite like album or song to play to? It's kind of all over the place on on the early early side of things. We oh to answer your Green Day question, we played a lot of like. Uh, we played a lot of Dookie stuff, just early stuff like Welcome to Paradise. We did um, some American Idiot stuff, obviously American Idiot. Yeah. Uh, some more new stuff. When in like 2015, when Revolution Radio came out, is when we really started to learn. We we're like, okay, if we're gonna do Green Day covers, but on the main, yeah. let's learn the new album. So we did that, and we did Boom Boom. Um, I think we tried to do still breathing, but we were like, we're not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) We we were not up to the standards of still breathing. It's a great song. But my, originally, Andash was the lead singer. Really? And that was for basically the first year of that rendition of We Finish Last. And we chose the name We Finish Last because of the Green Day song, Nice Guys Finish Last. Oh. And then we vowed ah. never to cover that song <laughs> as a joke. Wow. Um, I'd never knew that. Yeah. Huh. That was a fun, fun idea. But yeah, he was the lead singer. Uh, and then we did Akron's Port Rocker. No, Medina's Rockin' the Court. Okay. And it was outside. And Andash lost his voice like towards the end of this set. So I knew ba- I knew the words to Basket Case. It's the only song I knew the words to. And Andosh knew the guitar. So we're like, hey, let's swap and see what happens. And we did it. And Greg's uh, stepdad was recording the whole thing. And we looked at it afterwards. And uh, not my words, but their words were, well, that sounds good. So then it gradually started <laughs> yeah. gearing me more towards vocals. And I still split off with Greg and Andosh. Uh, Jake for some songs, but um, yeah, that was Basket Case was kind of my vocal start at least. Yeah. Before that, I had no intentions of singing ever. Really? I hated singing. <laughs> oh my! Gosh. I mean, I still do, but dude, your yeah. singing's phenomenal now. 
you know, I've seen you do lots of you know Zeppelin covers, all kinds of stuff. Whole lot of love was awesome to watch you perform live. That one was so tough. <laughs> oh, I bet it's hard for anybody to sing. But I thought you did a really good job. Um, you're also the only guy I know that I can send like full tracks to and go just put something to it and you you're always getting back relatively quickly and they're really cool it's i, cool I didn't get back with this one quickly oh but <laughs> dude you were busy months. you were doing all kinds of stuff yeah talk to me about that so you were traveling a lot yeah so my sister and i went to europe uh just germany and france it was a it was a trip we had planned two years ago mm. but covid happened so we had to cancel everything but we still had like things booked out um or refunds and everything so we decided hey this summer, if we can go, let's go. That's awesome. And then I was talking to my friend Aiden out in Washington, and he was telling me that his, uh, his what is it, like entrepreneurship group was thinking about doing a Europe trip and just backpacking Europe. But their issue is they couldn't find like a sponsor or somebody to like lead it. Yeah. So it kind of fell apart, and then they decided, well, let's go anyways. So they were just talking about it. And then slowly people seem to just kind of back out mm. uh, just for one reason or another. And then I, I think maybe jokingly, he's like, you should come. And I was like, I thought about it for like a split second. I'm like, well, I'm not saying no, yeah. but I know that's right around the time where I have a ton of stuff going on. So I called my mom the next day and I asked her and she's, and I was like, do you, what do you think? She said, oh, you're going to go. Oh, And I was like... <laughs> Uh, like what about like New Jersey my family goes to New Jersey every year and she goes you go to New Jersey every year like this is your last like real summer in between school or whatever you may not get this chance again or if you do it's not going to be for a long time you're going to go ahead and go yeah. so she did and she supported, she supported me through all that so it was sweet we, uh, we backpacked through uh, we went to Berlin, Prague Budapest um Ljubljana in Slovenia, wow. Venice and Rome, and it was That's it was awesome, really man. really cool. It was eye opening. It was a really cool experience. All just with a backpack, staying in hostels, some Airbnbs, but yeah. that's just where Airbnbs are cheaper than hostels. <laughs> yeah, what's a hostel? Hostels are like like cheap hotels for like traveling. Oh, okay. Um, you can have there's like so many renditions of them. Some of them are more hotel like. Some of them are uh, here's a gym floor sleep on oh, really yeah oh my god but it's so much cheaper really it's like 20 to 70 dollars a night and oh it's gosh. like well you depending on the price you can generally tell but it's really cool and it's uh i i'd never done it before so i was a little scared but sure yeah, some of the places were a little dirty but like I've slept in worse, so Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had a good time. Did you have a favorite memory or story over there? Because it seemed like you did a lot over so there. so many. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, just hanging out with Aiden one-on-one, because before we, I mean, we just hung out, like, in a group or whatever, but, like, really hanging out one-on-one for that long was cool and there's not many people who i can just do that with and not at least at some point start to get angry with them and there wasn't a single point where i was even bordering on annoyed or anything so i was like oh dang i don't think i could do that with anyone else (laughs) so that was cool but no we did such such a lot of cool stuff we uh on the day of on a whim bought slipknot tickets and saw them in Prague, and that was just absolutely wild and we saw 
uh, an Ella Fitzgerald tribute night at a jazz club in the middle of, um, I think Prague also, or maybe Budapest. It kind of runs together. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool though. But it was all just awesome. It was amazing. That's awesome. So you've obviously been doing music a long time. Do you have a favorite personal gig story though? It's a tough question because I did every gig. I try to do something that's fun. Yeah. Um, because, and I, and I know, I don't know, just my kind of thing is that I like, I like just having something people can watch and like really enjoy. And sometimes it's, it's difficult if you don't know the music. So I guess I'm a natural performer, which I didn't know until I started doing it and then realized what I was doing. And I was like, Oh, I'm just being entertaining. And there are some people who think, you know, music should be at the forefront. And I get that. I just, I'm just, I get bored. You put on a show. Yeah. I put on a show and it's, uh, sometimes it gets away from the music. It does. And sometimes it makes it so that maybe it's not focused on as much as it should be. And that's something I'm working to create uh, an even middle ground on, which is just really difficult to do. But a couple of them were like, there was one show we played and it was Jake's dad's birthday. (laughs) And it was so cold out that all of our gear started freezing. (laughs) Oh no. So that was interesting. And then the cops came up, uh, but they were, they were nice about it. Um, but there's other ones I like to do just stunts. So one time I had a house show and I put a, a smoke bomb in my guitar. And when I had done tests in it, I put it in the neck pickup where I didn't have a pickup and I done tests. The first one didn't do anything. The second, I only had a limited amount of smoke bombs. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. The second one, <laughs> uh, exploded. Oh yeah, it was not good. It was real dangerous. So I was thinking maybe I won't do this, and then I got to the show and I was like, I'm gonna do this, <laughs> and it worked. It was the only time it worked was the time it needed to work. Oh, so that was go. sweet. But then I've done rendition, safer renditions of that, where I basically hooked up a talk box tube to the same guitar. Uh, I just drilled out a bigger hole, um, and then hooked that up to a fog machine and yeah. ran fog through it, and that there was fun. Um, but we always did like fun antics and we finished last, like, uh, we, we did, a there's a, a Pittsburgh based punk band named anti-flag who I just absolutely adore. And they do a fun thing during their song called uh, Brandenburg gate where they bring the drum kit or like a simplified version of the drum kit out into the crowd. And then the bass player, uh, Chris number two gets up and just plays in the crowd. And I just thought that was so cool. Um, the first time I ever saw them, Andash and I were at a real big fish show and they opened oh, We're cool. like, cause we had no idea who they were and they played. We're like, this is absolutely amazing. So we started doing that and that was always fun. But I, so I don't have like a specific gig. I was thinking about the question on the way over here. I'm like, there's not like one specific gig. I think this just every show I play has at least something that I remember forever. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. There's always... Like I said, it's it's a show. It's entertaining when yeah. you perform. There's always something going on. Yeah, and we <laughs> always, always try to, to do like things that'll be like different or surprising. Like I know, like for Christmas shows, we just learned punk Christmas songs, and that was so fun. That was neat. For one of them, we were playing a show with uh, a band called Hogan's Last Smash, okay. and I love those guys. <laughs> They're still around. They did a bunch of shows in Cleveland this year, 
Um, I didn't get to go out and see them, so I hope to do that next year. But uh, we had their trombonist come up, and I, I texted them like maybe a week before the show, and I was like, hey, do you think you can come up and do like a Christmas song with us? Because it was, <laughs> it was a ska Christmas song. It might have been... Santa Claus got ran over by a reindeer, but the real big fish is a reversion. Okay. Or like, could you come up and just play trombone? You don't have to know the song. We'll just tell you the chords. <laughs> so he did, and it was such a fun time. And that's I think awesome. he might have stuck around for another song or something, but that was just sweet. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, man. Um, going to see live music, I'm curious, do you have any very like influential shows or something that sticks out to you when you went to go see other people play? I think generally with me, I've seen so many shows. So it's kind of my, my dad and I's thing that like brought us together growing up. So I've been to over 400 concerts, just a lot, any classic band or even new band, just name them. I've probably seen them. Um, so it's kind of hard to pinpoint just one, but just watching all these performances and all the stuff that they do, it really helped me to learn how to put together a show and just seeing like, if I see a show and I see somebody up there doing something I like, I'll remember, I'll be like, I want to try to do a version of that. Just, and I'm not trying to like rip it off or do something like uh, steal that. Uh, act or gimmick or uh, thing or whatever but I'm just trying to pay homage to it just because I think it's such a cool thing to see and I think maybe more people should see it um but recently I just went to the best show I've ever seen my entire life and that was Rammstein they're a German metal band okay and they played uh Soldier Field in Chicago which was absolutely wild a big football stadium and it took I think seven 747 jets to get the whole thing over. <laughs> 90 semis to each location. Holy. They only played 12 shows uh, on this tour. And the stage you said itself. 90? 90. Oh my God. The stage itself takes days to set up and costs millions of dollars. And they burn through like 200, 300 gallons of fuel every show. It's absolutely ridiculous. And that's not, that's not even considering like all of the uh, pyrotechnics and what stuff. are these guys called Rammstein. Rammstein. r-a-m-m-s-t some form of e-i-n <laughs> <laughs> yeah so they had a massive stage it has its own elevator in it every song had massive just fire and flames and they're setting themselves on fire and it's so loud but it was loud in the way that it was bass and mid loud and not okay. treble loud. Cause I've seen some shows like, like ACDC, they were loud, but they were treble loud. So you just couldn't hear anything after the show. You were just basically deaf. Oh boy. But their loud was like, you could feel every beat, every <laughs> second of the song, but it wasn't killing your ears. Okay. And we were up in the fire zone, which is their like big pit in the front. And they call it the fire it. zone? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> like SeaWorld, they have, like, the splash zone. This yep. is the fire zone? This is the fire zone. <laughs> so you get, like, covered in foam and confetti, and you feel all the fire oh which right on your face. It was awesome. And it was definitely, like, it was something completely otherworldly. Like, it's something that you would have to read in a book because nobody could pull that off in a movie. Nobody, wow. not even an animated show or movie. Nobody could just create that it was a complete spectacle something that like you could never dream of so like 
kind of sucks because I know I'll never see anything else like that again. It's basically like like all the EDM raves and stuff. You see all these like massive productions and stuff. Yeah. Like uh, Excision and uh, all those guys, and it's really cool. But Ra- they're trying to do what Rammstein can do wow. <laughs> because they can just pull it <laughs> off for whatever reason, and it's just absolutely mind blowing. That's awesome. Yeah, I you highly said recommend how many shows seeing they play them. Here? Uh, they just played 12 U.S. shows, um, wow. or 12 North American shows okay. this year. But they're usually, they stick around Europe okay. quite regularly. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> they're crazy. That, that sounds <laughs> worth checking into. I'm definitely going to link that to the website, and I want to check it out. Absolutely. I'll, I'll show you some, some pictures and stuff I took, because they're just... Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're absolutely... It's basically dumb just looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. So I'm curious, um, you know, you get in the car, you're driving over here even, um, whatever you're doing on your long drives to Washington, what are you listening to now? It changes up a lot. Um, usually in the morning for the past two or three years, like when I'm just getting ready to go start my day, it's a lot of like harder metal. That's what, it's just basically what I usually listen to and it's what I'm, I've been trying to, trying to get kind of better at performing and stuff so like a lot of slipknot for sure right now um bear tooth who are from columbus they're just absolutely incredible and like uh kill switch engage and there's just a ton of like the just the metal bands that have been around (laughs) around the block for a long time uh just anything that's uh good on drums and just absolutely mind-blowing to listen to um, and then if I'm in the car, obviously you can't, um, you can't just blast that stuff all day and expect to not have a headache or something. So it's a lot of like sixties and seventies, just kind of, uh, more vibey rock, like a lot of America. I love America. <laughs> They're so fun to listen to. That's cool. Um, they got a good, a lot of good hooks and just their music's good to vibe too. And then like, you know, Steely Dan and a lot of eagles um just generally stuff like that and sometimes i like to be in a more rocky mood and it'll be deep purple and um maybe some more 80s metal bands like iron maiden and stuff i'll listen to them quite a bit Uh, i did go through a very long phase of hair metal and hair rock uh it's the effects are not are not lost on me i don't listen to it quite as much as i used to um just because some of it's hard to listen to <laughs> to some degree. But um, that was there for a while, too. Hmm. So every once in a while, I revisit it. But usually it's a lot of just either vibey rock, uh, still new stuff, stu- too, like uh, KG Elephant, Peach Pit, um, Sunset Pickups, all those kind of bands. Cool. But, or metal. <laughs> <laughs> or metal. What kind of hair metal stuff were you listening to? What artists? generally uh well i don't know if you can consider it hair metal but obviously van halen has their sammy hagar years which i absolutely adore um i love sammy hagar that's that's a big my vocals are basically a mix of hagar and plant and billy joe armstrong it's a really weird mix but it seems to work out pretty well and also Corey taylor and stuff like that just on the on the more growl end uh, which is what I'm trying to do recently, but I also listen to Warrant. Love Warrant. Cheney Lane. Mm. He's from 
he's from Akron. Uh, he passed away a decade ago or so, but I just love his stuff and for how cheesy it is. I know his story. I know how tortured he was to have to have like cherry pie be their one song, their one claim to fame. But if you get into some of those songs, you could just hear the raw emotion that he has. Like I saw red and people think it's a cheesy song and yeah, it is, but they, they have a acoustic version of that song and just the power, the power he can put out is just insane. And like Skid Row's fun to listen to because they're much more hard, much more real. I guess you could say. I don't like. I mean, I don't really like to listen to stuff like, like Y&T as much as George Lynch is great. I just. Have you ever seen Y&T? No, no. I know. My friend Delson saw them a couple years ago, and he said they were really great. But I just, I could never get into it. Uh, also, White Snake. Uh, a lot of my vocals are <laughs> very White Snake, uh, David Coverdale esque. White Snake is phenomenal. Their vocals, oh, their production behind them is incredible. Oh yeah, it's and just amazing. thinking like he's always known as the guy. People hate him for it. He's always known as the guy. If you put him in a group, he will sing in his heart out. He will just absolutely nail it. Like he was a uh, Deep Purple. Like we did the song Burn at that show last year, two years ago, whenever it was. That's Coverdale singing. Okay, and it's just the most intense vocals you'll ever hear. But, like, behind it is Deep Purple. <laughs> it's just insane to listen to. Oh, that's so cool. All right, well, we're kind of... We're not running out of time, but we're getting near <laughs> the end. Um, what are you up to now with your musical career? I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but, um, you know, you're going to school, so tell me about all that. Yeah, so school, I'm learning. I'm working out of a, a big kind of professional studio, learning how to run all the analog stuff, all the patching and just all the crazy <laughs> signal flow and signal processing that goes along with that. So I'm really trying to get to the point where I can mix something and have it sound good. Like yeah. anything I've released so far, I really don't like how it sounds. Um, the Willigan album to start was so bad <laughs> the mixing but again it was just my attempt to try to do it and then I remastered it and it's still not up to what I wanted it to be but it's as much as I could save it from the original recordings because I made a lot of mistakes just recording with too high of gain normalizing every single track which is just <laughs> stupid but uh, I hope to at some point just get to a point where I can like mix a song and know what I'm doing and then just like how it sounds yeah. Um, but other than that, I'm working with a couple different projects. Coastal Spaces, obviously. Um, let's see, I'm working with uh, my friend Aiden. We're doing a project called Breakfast or Champion. Is that the guy you went to Europe with? Yep. Okay. So basically what we do is we just get together, and I made it so that my entire life set up in my little apartment in Washington could be recorded. And... Uh, we just find a couple of chords we like and then improvise a whole song off of it with lyrics included and just everything is complete improvisation. And a lot of it's fun to listen to, but not good at all. Mm. And then it's stemmed and it's created just these huge storylines that are like really goofy, <laughs> but like at the very bottom of it, it's just so creative and freeing to do it. Like yeah. right now we have uh, the star performer, which is the current story we're working on. And it's this guy who's like the most incredible musician in the universe and the king in the kingdom, this imaginary world. Uh, 
kills his wife or something. I I forget where we where we ended off with that, but he goes throughout this entire story, uh, and he's told at a bar that he can perform a song for the gods of music, and they will bring back his one true love. And it goes through the whole thing, and it's just so fun. I don't want to spoil the ending because that will be out at some point. We're going to cool. we're going to revisit it and re-record everything to be more serious, and then that also stemmed off and created a space frog. Um, which is basically uh, this uh, prince who's a child fell into a well on his kingdom and an evil witch turned him into a space frog and he just does that and it's all real goofy yeah it's not like the most serious thing but it's it's just freeing to try to do that stuff yeah and then uh, I used that kind of same style of like writing and playing with Jake recently because we had <laughs> some real, some real out there stuff with a project we're entitling Billboard Billionaires. Okay. Um, and we had some crazy songs like a year or two ago. So then recently this summer we got together and we're like, let's just try to do what Aiden and I have been doing and then just make up a song. And we ended up writing like 11 songs in one night and recording them completely. Wow. And they're funny to listen to a couple of them are real not great but like some of them you just hear like these little pieces of it that you're like how can somebody just i'm shocked at it like how can somebody just come up with that on the fly yeah like we created like an old country folk song called ride the river and it (laughs) sounds just it sounds like a 60s old folk song and you're like how how did you how did we come up with this <laughs> that's neat will you be releasing that at any point yeah i think so um i don't know in what form or in yeah. what seriousness but we're definitely going to try to go for that that's cool yeah sometimes just sitting down and just putting something out there is just nice you yeah know, even if you're not going to do anything with it just to kind of get that idea down or whatever exactly yeah all right i was wondering um what are your music goals? Where do you want to end up musically? Uh, I've obviously every every musician almost wants to get to the point where their music is heard by tons of people, and that would be great. I'm not really looking for fame. I don't really need it. I don't need to do that stuff. I'm not trying to make it. I'm trying to have a good time, and I'm trying to spread spread my music. And I think that's I think that's fun to do. Um, I think sometimes at points in my life I've let it. I've let it get too serious and then that leads to just stress and a lot of just uh, arguments within groups of people about like how they think it should work and then you're just trying too much and you end up just killing yourself and then the music's not fun anymore the playing's not fun anymore the whole project's just down in the dumps so I'm just I just want to have fun with it um I'm getting more I'm getting a lot more serious with um some of this stuff so my goal next year is to come back and do harder rock um bordering on metal but i'm not really comfortable getting to metal yet i've been working another that's another goal of mine is to get my metal vocals up to par and there i've made huge strides with it i've figured out how to do it that so that it doesn't destroy my voice um which is nice because well, i never really liked my singing but i really like my metal singing It'll be just with the like the low growls and screaming and stuff, just yeah. getting it to a point where it sounds like the records I listen to. It's just awesome. So next year, um, I have a couple harder songs recorded. I might re-record them, but uh, I'm gonna write 
I don't know whether it'll be in the format of Will again, or if I'll just create another band. Say, say you know, new band, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, but that'll be next year. It'll be Harder Rock. Um, I'll definitely be putting a band together. Um, and we'll be, get, we'll be getting out there. We'll be doing shows. And it'll be... I'm excited for it. Cool. Um, any advice for future musicians? I would say just do something fun. Um, there's going to be a lot of people with the different opinions in music, and that's just how music is. People like what they like, and they don't like what they don't like, and they think that's they think that's it. Uh, but it's not it. You can like whatever you like. So if you find something that's cheesy, or maybe some people don't consider it serious, but you find it serious. I say play it. And then just overall, if you're playing music, find something you have an emotional connection to and then really go for it. Because if you, if you don't have an emotional connection to it, it's not going to, it can be good, but you're not going to feel it. Yeah. Yeah. When people are like, how do I start getting a guitar or how do I start playing? You know, like, what do you recommend? I'm like, find something you really like and learn it Yeah. because otherwise you won't. You yeah. know, like you're not going to sit there and learn, you know, so, well, I guess you did, you learned classical, but most, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, but I'm saying, you know, if you're doing it on your own, if you, you know, turn on, like you really love Zeppelin and you're like, I'm going to learn this song, yeah. the Zeppelin song, you're going to learn it. Yeah. You're and learn it. it's not easy. No. If you don't know, if you don't know yet, <laughs> uh, it's not easy. A lot of people get turned away with just how hard it is. But I tell you what, if you play, if you learn simple tabs and get yourself playing for two weeks, maybe an hour a day, you're going to slowly start to be like, oh, you know, I can do this. And there's a lot of people who say, you just need to start on an acoustic guitar. Uh, you don't. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's better in the long run just because it'll get your, uh, your calluses and uh, fingers just up to par, and it'll be super easy to play an electric after that. But if it's too hard, start on an electric. You can always go back, and if you don't go back, well then you don't go back whatever yeah yeah true i totally get that i started on an electric i think when i started playing i cried the first time i was like i can't do it my my fingers couldn't do it so yeah I, you know small scale strat that was it <laughs> you can't do it you can't do it right yeah and i have i have carpal tunnel so it's not like oh wow so i can't play like you know fast souls or anything like you can i just I, if i try to my fingers will just get stuck and i won't be able to move my fingers for an hour huh, and i didn't it, know that yeah it sucks that's why i, I stopped kind of trying to do that stuff or I'm like i'll bring you you or in or uh i brought uh nick my friend nick in for uh that one metal song on the wilgan album and it's just because like i'd love to do it i always try to do it um it's my dream to be able to do it but i can't so i just find you know what i can do and I can, I can make cool riffs and I can make cool noises <laughs> and I can make a show out of it. Yeah. And that's, that's my specialty. Fair enough. Enough said. All right. Well, at the end here, anything you want to talk about or plug or whatever's coming up um, in the future? Here? Yeah. Um, check out the Coastal Spaces EP. Uh, we're on social media. So just follow that. And if it's not out, probably will be soon by the time this comes out. Uh, you can look up Willigan or We Finished Last on Spotify or anywhere else you listen to music. It's um, not the best <laughs> stuff, but it's interesting at, at the least. And then besides that, I'll be coming back full force next year. So there we go. Definitely look out for that. Year of 2023, yeah? Yep. It'll be back. 
bigger oh, and better. I'll, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, this is fun. Really appreciate you taking the time to come out here. And, uh, you know, if you don't want to talk about it, I can cut this. But uh, you alluded that you had surgery on your mouth. So I appreciate you coming out and <laughs> still talking to me through that. That's cool. Yeah, I, uh, I accidentally. My appointment was supposed to be on the 8th. But then <laughs> they're like, can we move it to the 6th? I'm like, oh, well, I don't have anything going on in the 6th. <laughs> and then I ended the phone call and I looked at my calendar. I'm like, I hope the podcast is later in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it worked out, man. And like I said, I really appreciate you coming out. Um, but yeah, it's been good. Yeah, this is fun. I was excited to do it. Thank you to all of the listeners out there as well. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you liked what you heard, please like, follow, subscribe to whatever you are listening on. Please check out the website. Uh, all the stuff we talked about, I will try to put it up there as best as I possibly can. And um, feel free to pick up any merch on the website as well to help us support what I do here. Um, and that's it, man. Uh, we'll see you next time. And thanks again for coming on. Yeah, thanks for listening. All right.